Hi, this is Chris, and welcome to Nightfall Audiobooks. This time, I will be reading The Best Friend by R.L. Stein. It's another Fear Street novel. This is an accidental duology. I borrowed this book from the library last Thursday or so. I haven't had a chance to crack it open until right now. It's about a week later. So there's this one, and then there's another one right at the end of the Fear Street series. So I guess we got to read them both now. <laughs> sort of like a wrong number, wrong number two kind of thing. I have not read this before. I do not know what to expect. I went through the, the pages a little bit. I think I found all the main characters I need to find. I gave them all voices. And I look forward to starting this again. It's ready to go. And if you want to get in touch with me, you can write me an email. Nightfallaudiobooks at gmail.com Or check me out on YouTube at Nightfall Audiobooks. Like, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your mom, tell whoever you think would like to listen to R.L. Stein books. So thank you very much for listening, and I will see you next time. Welcome to a Nightfall Audiobooks production of The Best Friend by R.L. Stein, a Fear Street novel, book 17. Chapter 1 Al, stop, you're hurting me. Eric Fraser loosened his grip on Becca Norwood's shoulders. Sorry, I didn't mean to. His face reddened. He stared at the snow-covered windshield. Becca slid away from him until her shoulder bumped the car door. She adjusted the collar of her coat. Why am I sitting here kissing him, she thought. I'm going to break up with him. Big, wet snowflakes continued to fall. The windows were completely blanketed now. It's like being inside an igloo, Becca thought, shivering. Turning his dark eyes to hers, Eric leaned forward, reaching for her. She raised her arm to block him. We have to talk, she said, not meaning to sound shrill. Talk? He giggled for some reason. Becca realized that she hated his giggle. It always burst out at the wrong time. He reached his arm around her shoulders and tried to pull her closer. No, really, she insisted, twisting to get out from under his arm. He acted hurt. What do you want to talk about? Becca chewed the tip of her thumb, a nervous habit. Here goes, she thought. Her stomach felt feathery. Her throat tightened. She realized she was always jumpy around Eric. They'd been dating since school started in September, more than three months, but she never felt comfortable with him. He was so, so needy. She stopped chewing her thumb, clasped her hands together in her lap. I think we need to talk about things. It was cold in the car, parked beside the woods, the engine off, no heater. She shivered again. Eric rolled his eyes. Why do you always want to talk? His voice revealed more than impatience. He sounded angry. Why don't you ever want to talk, she demanded. Her voice trembled. The feathers in her stomach turned to stone. Don't cry, she instructed herself, biting her lower lip. It's not the end of the world. You're just breaking up with him. You haven't even been going with him that long. He turned away from her and gripped the steering wheel with both hands. Why are you on my case, he asked. You said you wanted to come here. I know. So why do you want to start a fight? I said I was sorry. About holding your shoulder too tight. It was an accident. He ran a hand back through his short, brown hair, smoothing it. Becca's heart was pounding. She shifted uncomfortably in the seat. Outside, the wind roared, piling more snow up against the windshield. Don't cry, she told herself again. Be cool. For once in your life, be cool. I think we shouldn't go out anymore. There, I said it. Huh? She turned to see his startled expression. You heard me. He giggled. That hideous, inappropriate giggle again. He moved his hands on the steering wheel, circling them around and around. I think we should start seeing other people, Becca added, her voice shaking. Don't cry. Okay, he said. 
His face became a blank. No expression at all. No problem. She suddenly felt she had to explain. I think you're a great guy, Eric, but... He raised a hand to stop her. His expression remained a blank. I said, no problem. I'll take you home, Becca. He raised the collar of his leather bomber jacket. Then he turned the key in the ignition. The car hesitated a second before starting up. He's certainly being cool about this, Becca thought, chewing the end of her thumb and staring straight ahead. I'm a nervous wreck. You're always a nervous wreck, she told herself. If only her heart would stop pounding so hard, she could feel her pulse throb at her temples. He switched on the wipers. They pushed the light fresh snow off the windshield, allowing the blackness of the night to fill the car. The headlights cut a tunnel through the darkness, illuminating the large, falling flakes. I'm sorry, Becca started. No problem, Eric repeated. He lowered his foot on the gas pedal, and the car slid out onto the snow-covered road. Does he have to keep saying that? He doesn't seem hurt at all, Becca thought, more than a little disappointed. She had hoped it would go easily, but not this easily. She didn't want to fight. It seems that they'd done nothing but fight for weeks. Every discussion turned into a fight. Every time they went out, they found themselves arguing, or just bickering. That was one reason Becca decided to break up with Eric. Bill Planter was the other reason. She had no intention of bringing up Bill tonight. Staring out at the silent falling snow, Becca thought about Bill. She wondered where he was, what he was doing. Maybe I'll drive over to his house in the old village, she thought. Just drop in on him. Mention that I broke up with Eric. No, no way. Forget that idea. Her parents would murder her if they even suspected she was thinking about dating Bill again. They were so relieved, so grateful when Becca had dumped Bill and started going with Eric. But Eric was so immature, always picking fights, always giggling, always grabbing at her, pawing her. She just hadn't been able to get Bill out of her mind. She turned to Eric. His eyes were focused straight ahead on the road, caught in the glare of the headlights. The snow seemed to be swirling in every direction now. Don't be mad at me, Becca said softly. I'm not, Eric told her. He shrugged. The shrug, so casual, so cool, made her angry. I guess he wanted to break up with me too, she thought. I guess he's glad. It wasn't what she had expected. She hadn't expected that shrug, as if all the weeks they'd been going together were nothing. Something to shrug off in a second. Now she was angry and upset. Why do I always have to take things more seriously than everyone else, she wondered. By the time he turned onto Fear Street and pulled up her driveway, she was trembling. She pushed open her door. A blast of cold air invaded the car at once. See you in school, Eric said brightly. It's been real. So cruel, Becca thought miserably. He didn't seem to care about me at all. She slammed the car door behind her. He didn't wait for her to go into her house. He backed down the drive and was gone, while she still stood searching her jeans pockets for her keys. Her thoughts swirled in crazy directions like the falling snow. I can't go inside yet. I'm too upset. She had the keys to her parents' car with her house key. I'll go see Bill. No, I'll just drive for a bit, try to calm myself down. She headed for the garage, her boots crunching the fresh snow. She slowly pulled the overhead door up, raising it as quietly as she could so her parents wouldn't hear. A few seconds later, she backed out of the drive, the headlights off, then roared down Fear Street, the tires skidding beneath her. The snow is so pretty, she thought, clicking on the headlights, leaning forward to peer out the windshield. I'll just drive around town, then come back. Her heart was still racing. Her stomach felt as if it had been tied in knots. I was so nervous about breaking up with Eric, she thought, turning onto the mill road. And now that I've done it, I'm even more nervous. It doesn't make sense. But that's just the way I am, Becca realized. I always feel more nervous after something happens. Face it, kid, she told herself. You're nervous, period. I've got to call Bill, she thought. I've got to call Trish and Lila, too. They'll be surprised that I broke up with Eric. More surprised than Eric, she thought unhappily. 
She pictured his shrug again, the blank, uncaring look on his face. Who needs him, she thought. Lost in her thoughts, she didn't see the four-way stop in time. When the side of the red Corsica appeared just ahead of her in the windshield, it was too late. Becca gasped and hit the brakes. Her car slid hard into the other car. She closed her eyes against the crunch of metal and shattering glass. Chapter 2 I can't believe you didn't get a scratch, Trish exclaimed. I wasn't going that fast, Becca replied. Because of the snow, our car wasn't even that badly messed up, just one headlight got smashed. You were so lucky, Lila said. Well, I wouldn't exactly call it lucky, Becca told them. My dad really yelled at me for taking the car without permission. Trish and Lila tisked. It was the next afternoon, a bright blue-skied Saturday, the ground covered with snow, still fresh and white. Becca and her two friends were upstairs in Becca's room, warm and comfortable, the old radiator against the wall making hissing sounds. Becca, dressed in black leggings and an oversized blue wool pullover, sat on her bed, back pressed against the wall, legs crossed. She was knitting furiously, a ball of olive green yarn in her lap. I'll never get this sweater finished by Christmas, she muttered. Becca, who's it a present for? Lila asked, raising her head from the shaggy white carpet where she lay on her stomach, flipping through an old copy of Sassy. My cousin, ow! Becca cried. I poked myself. She held up her finger to examine the small, bright red circle of blood. Now I'm going to drip on the sweater. She tossed the knitting down and scrambled over to her dresser to get a tissue. I knit to calm me down, but it doesn't seem to be working today, Becca told them, pressing the tissue against the cut. Every Christmas, my cousin Rachel and I knit sweaters for each other. Hers is always perfect, with these perfect little stitches and perfect little patterns, and mine, her voice trailed off. Take it easy, Lila said, closing the magazine and rolling onto her back, her hands under her head. Lila wore a maroon and white shadyside high sweatshirt over faded jeans, ripped at both knees. You need a band-aid, Trish said from the window seat across the room. She had been staring out at the snow-covered front yard, but turned to check out Becca's injury. How can I knit with a band-aid on my finger? Becca snapped. Badly? Trish joked. Her blue eyes lit up. She grinned, exposing her braces. Braces she had worn for a year, but still made her self-conscious. Dressed in gray sweats, Trish was short and chubby with curly auburn hair that capped her lively, mischievous face. Love the haircut, Lila called out from her place on the carpet. Yeah, it's awesome, Trish added enthusiastically. Becca peered at her reflection in a dresser mirror. It's too short, she said uncertainly. No way, Trish declared. Becca had seen the ultra-short haircut on a model in Seventeen. The model looked a lot like Becca. Light blonde hair, almond-shaped green eyes, high cheekbones, pale white skin, and just a hint of a cleft in her chin. So Becca had taken a chance and had almost all of her hair cut off, emerging with a sleek, cheek new look. I look like a boy, Becca insisted. You look great, Trish told her. Stop fishing for compliments, Lila said, rolling her eyes. You look great, and you know you do. I'm so jealous, Trish said from the window seat. With my round face, I could never wear my hair short like that. I'd look like a bowling ball with legs. I'd rather look like a bowling ball than a stork, Lila grumbled. She secretly liked being tall, but constantly complained about it. Becca removed the tissue from her finger. There, I think it stopped bleeding. She stepped over Lila on her way back to the bed and picked up her knitting. Like this color? she asked Lila. Yeah, it's great. Your cousin's colorblind, right? Trish laughed. Don't encourage her, Becca said to Trish, frowning. Hey, you know my neck is a little stiff. From the accident, I guess. What a night you had, Trish said, shaking her head. 
First you wreck Eric, then you wreck the car. Lila laughed. You should be a writer, Trish. You have such a way with words. Eric wasn't too wrecked, Becca said dryly, trying to remember where she was in the pattern. Give us more details, Trish demanded, walking over and sitting on the edge of the bed. We want more details. I already told you everything, Becca said. I broke up with Eric. I told him I thought we shouldn't go out anymore, and he sat there like a lump. He barely said a word. He acted so cold, the coldest thing I ever saw. He didn't burst into tears and beg for one more chance through pitiful sobs? Trish asked. Lila laughed. I can just picture that. Poor Eric. No, no tears, no nothing. He just shrugged, Becca said. Really, it was so obnoxious. He was speechless, that's all, Lila offered. He was in shock. Yeah, sure, Becca said sarcastically. Does this look long enough to you? She held up the knitting. Long enough for what? Trish asked. For a scarf? It's a sleeve, Becca told her. Is it one sleeve or two? Trish demanded. Huh? It's one. It's long enough, Trish said. All three girls laughed. Becca was starting to relax, to feel a little calmer. Did you tell Eric about Bill? Lila demanded, performing some slow sit-ups on the carpet, her hands still behind her head. No, of course not, Becca replied. That would have gotten a reaction from him, Trish declared. Shh! Becca held a finger to her lip. It would get a big reaction from my mom, too. Careful. I think she's up here, cleaning the guest room. Trish and Lila peered out the doorway. Trish got up and closed the door. Now she'll know we're up to something, Becca said, her brow furrowed as she counted stitches. What has her mom got against Bill anyway? Lila asked, whispering even though the door was now closed. Oh, you know, Becca replied, frowning. That trouble he got into school last year. But that wasn't his fault, Lila said, jumping to Bill's defense. It was those two creeps, Mickey Wakely and Clay Parker. They admitted they were the ones who broke into the school and spray-painted all that stuff. But Bill was with them, Becca said. He didn't do anything wrong when he was there. Wrong place, wrong time, Trish said, shaking her head. But Mickey and Clay, Lila started. Bill was suspended too, remember? Becca interrupted. Well, my parents remember it. Too well. After Bill was suspended, that was it. I wasn't allowed to see him or call him or anything. I remember, Trish said sympathetically. You nearly freaked. We thought you were sick or something, Lila said, continuing her sit-ups. You were really messed up. Yeah, Becca recalled unhappily. Her green eyes lit up. But that was last year. This year, it will be different, I think. I hope. I mean, Bill has really straightened himself out. He isn't hanging out with Mickey and Clay anymore. He's got a really good attitude, and... Before Becca could finish her sentence, the bedroom door was flung open. Becca dropped her knitting. Lila sat up straight. Trish leapt to her feet. All three of them stared in surprise as a girl with a mane of long auburn hair excitedly swept into the room. Hi! she shouted, her eyes darting from curl to curl, finally landing on Becca. Becca! the girl cried, stepping over Lila. She bent down, threw her arms around Becca, and wrapped her up in a tight hug. Becca! Becca! I'm so happy to see you! she squealed. Her mouth opened wide in bewilderment. Becca struggled unsuccessfully to free herself from the girl's hug. I can't believe it! the girl cried. I just can't believe it! Becca, it's you! It's really you! Becca gasped, utterly speechless. Who is this girl? she asked herself. I've never seen her before. Chapter 3 I just can't believe it, the girl cried, finally letting go of Becca and taking a step back. She tugged at her thick auburn hair, tossing it back over her shoulder as she shrugged out of her coat. I just can't believe I'm here? Becca scrambled off the bed and nearly tripped over Lila, who was climbing to her feet, confusion on her face. Do I know her? Becca asked herself, staring hard at the intruder, studying her face, struggling to call up some memory of her. 
Have I seen her before? She was about Becca's size, but with a full figure. She wasn't exactly pretty, but she was very dramatic looking with her flowing auburn hair down past her shoulders, round gray eyes, and full lips coated in dark lipstick. She wore a bright orange sweater that clashed with her hair and a green miniskirt over black tights. Becca couldn't help but notice the girl's hands, which were balled into tight fists at her sides. They were so big. They seemed to be the wrong size, out of proportion for the rest of her. The door was open downstairs, so I let myself in. Do you believe I moved in right next door? The girl gushed. Isn't that the most amazing coincidence? Who is she? Becca wondered, frantically searching her memory. She saw tears form in the corner of the girl's big gray eyes. She's so emotional, Becca thought, so excited to see me, so overjoyed. I must know her. I must. She turned to Trish for help, but Trish only returned her glance with a wide-eyed shrug. Lila was staring at the girl, too, bewilderment on her face. Oh, Becca, you look exactly the same, the girl cried, and set forward to wrap Becca in another emotional hug. So do you, Becca managed to reply, staring over the girl's shoulder at Lila, motioning for Lila to help her. Hi, I'm Lila Brewer, Lila said, when the girl had once again let go of Becca. I don't think we've met. And this is Trish, Trish Walters, Lila said, pointing to Trish who had backed up to the window seat. Hi, Trish gave the girl an awkward smile. Her silver braces gleamed in the light from the window. The girl turned away from Becca, a startled expression on her face, as if she hadn't realized there were two other people in the room. I remember you two, she said, wiping the tears from her eyes with her big hands. I'm Honey Perkins. Who? Becca wondered, staring hard at the girl. Do I know a Honey Perkins? Is this some kind of mistake or something? Honey turned back to Becca, her smile growing wider. I just can't believe it. I just can't. Do you believe we're moving in next door? Isn't that amazing? Yeah, Becca said, trying to work out some enthusiasm. It's amazing. Wow, Honey exclaimed, staring hard at Becca. Wow, I'm so sorry, but I'm just speechless. Me too, Becca replied. Why can't I remember her? Am I losing my mind? Are you going to Shadyside High? Trish asked from in front of the window. Wow, Honey said, staring at Becca. Does she have to stare at me like that? Becca thought uncomfortably. It's like I'm a hot fudge sundae she's about to devour. Did you used to go to our school, Honey? Lila asked. Honey, her attention glued to Becca, didn't seem to hear the questions of the other two girls. It's really you, she said to Becca. Yeah, it's me, all right, Becca replied. I can't take much more of this, Becca thought. Who is she, and what does she want? Wiping more tears from her eyes, Honey finally turned to Lila and Trish. Sorry, I'm so emotional, she said, shaking her head. But Becca and I, you see, we were best best friends in third and fourth grade, and I just can't believe I'm back. She lunged forward and wrapped Becca in another hug. Best best friends, Becca thought. I don't remember having a best friend named Honey. My best friend in fourth grade was Dina Martinson. Grinning at Becca, Honey pushed her thick hair up high on her head with both hands. This is awesome! It's just awesome! Becca sank back onto the edge of her bed. It sure is. She motioned for Honey to take the chair in front of her dressing table. I'm so excited, I don't know if I can sit down, Honey said. But she quickly pulled the chair in front of Becca and sat down, crossing her legs, tapping one sneaker on the carpet. So, where did you move after fourth grade? Lila asked, dropping down to the floor, leaning back against Becca's bed, and tucking her long legs under her. Honey didn't seem to hear Lila. She stared at Becca. When I heard we were moving to Fear Street, my first thought was, does Becca still live there? And sure enough, you do, in the very same house? Yeah, my parents love this old house, Becca said, glancing across the room at Trish. That's so great, we're next door neighbors now, Honey gushed. Where have you been living, Trish asked. 
It's just my dad and me, Honey told Becca. Mom died last year. It's been tough. Very hard on both of us. Very hard. Is Honey ignoring Trish and Lila? Becca wondered. Doesn't she hear their questions? Honey had pulled a chair right up in front of Becca, as if the other two girls weren't part of the conversation. That's one reason I'm so happy you're still here, Honey continued, beaming at Becca, her enormous gray eyes burning into Becca's. So, it'll be a lot like old times? I mean, so we can be best friends again. To her surprise, Becca suddenly found herself feeling guilty. She obviously had been important in Honey's life. Their friendship obviously meant a lot to Honey, but Becca couldn't even remember knowing Honey. Some friend I am, Becca thought, scolding herself. What's wrong with me, anyway? Trish said something from the window seat. Honey ignored her again. You've got to tell me all about yourself, she told Becca. We've got so much catching up to do. There isn't much to tell, Becca replied uncomfortably. Suddenly, Becca's mother poked her head into the bedroom. How's it going in here, she asked, her eyes moving from face to face. Mrs. Norwood, Honey shrieked excitedly, leaping up from her chair. She dove across the room and wrapped Becca's mom in an emotional hug. Mrs. Norwood cast an astonished glance at Becca. It's so good to see you again. You look wonderful, Honey cried. Well, thanks, Becca's mom sputtered. So do you, dear. I moved in right next door, Honey exclaimed, her arms still around Miss Norwood's slender waist. Isn't that amazing? Yes, I guess it is, Becca's mom replied uncertainly. That's really nice. She made an excuse and quickly retreated from the room. Honey turned back to Becca. Your mom is so great, I always thought she was really neat. Yeah, she's okay, Becca replied. Mom didn't recognize Honey either, Becca realized. That made Becca feel a little better, a little less guilty, but not much. She looks a lot older, Honey said, her smile fading. She shouldn't let her hair go gray. She should color it. She does color it, Becca replied. She's been really busy lately, so... I like to color my hair, Lila said, running a hand through her brown ponytail. Brown is such a blah color. But my mom said she'd kill me if I did anything to it. At least your hair is straight, Trish complained. Oh, I love that pin. What's that pin? Honey said, ignoring Trish and Lila and picking up a pin from Becca's dresser top. It's a parrot, Becca told her, stepping up beside her. Bill, uh, my old boyfriend, gave it to me because I like birds. You always loved animals, Honey said, holding the pin up to admire it. Remember that injured bird we found? You took it home and tried to nurse it back to health? Remember how we cried and cried when a little bird died? No, thought Becca. I don't remember. Yeah, she told Honey. I remember. Can I try it on? Becca asked, holding it up to her orange sweater. Is it plastic? No, it's enamel, Becca told her. You were always so stylish, Honey said, standing in front of the mirror with the pin. You always knew the latest thing to wear. You always looked so great. I love your haircut. It's just so perfect for you. Thanks, Becca said, glancing at Trish, who was staring out the window. Honey admired the parrot pin in the mirror, a pleased smile on her face. I think it's going to snow again, Trish said. Look how dark it's getting. It better not, Lila said, standing up and stretching. We're supposed to drive to my cousin's tonight. The roads are already so slippery. I'll bet we have a white Christmas this year, Trish said. My sweater. I'll never get it finished in time, Becca complained. Why don't you buy one and say that you knitted it, Lila suggested. It would be too good, Becca replied. Buy a bad one, Lila said. Becca and Trish laughed. Honey didn't seem to hear the conversation. I love your room, she said, her eyes studying the posters above Becca's bed. It's small, but you've got everything you need. You just have such good taste. Thanks, Becca replied awkwardly. I want my room to be just like this, Honey said thoughtfully. I even want the same posters. I'm kind of tired of them, Becca told her. Really? Can I have them? Honey asked. 
I mean, if you don't want them anymore? Becca wasn't really ready to pull them down. She had just been making conversation, but now Honey was staring at her intently, eagerly waiting for an answer. Yeah, I guess, she said with a shrug. Great! You don't have to take them down now. I'm still unpacking cartons in my room, Honey told her. Anyway, I can get them some other time. I'll be seeing you a lot. Becca didn't reply. She glanced reluctantly at her posters. I don't really want to give them away, she realized. I should have told Honey no. Why did I offer to give them to her? Honey glanced at the clock on Becca's dresser. Wow, I've got to get going? She turned back to Becca, her face revealing deep emotion. Oh, I hope we can be best friends again, she cried, just like when we were kids. She rushed forward and gave Becca another hug. Then she turned and ran out of the room. Becca, Lila, and Trish remained silent, listening to Honey's heavy footsteps descend the stairs. When they heard the front door slam, all three of them exploded at once. What was that all about? Trish demanded. She didn't even notice Trish and I were here, Lila exclaimed. She didn't say goodbye or anything. Who is she? Becca asked, collapsing onto the floor beside Lila. Am I cracking up or what? She's your best friend, Becca, Lila said in a mock scolding tone. How could you forget your best friend? Laughing, Trish buried her face in a window seat pillow. Do you remember her? Becca demanded. Lila and Trish shook their heads. Why should we remember her? Trish said. She was your best, 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 best friend. Trish and Lila collapsed in hysterics. Becca didn't join in. She pulled the pillow out of Trish's hands and hugged it. But, but what if she was right? What if we were best, best friends? How could I be so awful to forget? Face it, you're awful, Trish declared. She and Lila both thought this remark was hilarious, too. Becca heaved the pillow at Trish. It missed and bounced off the window. You'll probably forget us, too, Lila declared. Forget who, Trish cried. Both she and Lila collapsed in laughter. Come on, Becca urged. This is serious. Did you see how happy Honey was to see me? All I could do was stand there with my mouth open and go, duh. I've never seen her before, Trish said. Weren't we in the same fourth grade class? Didn't you have Miss Martin? Yeah, Becca said. Me too, said Lila. Whatever happened to Miss Martin? Moved away, I think, Becca replied. I think she had a baby and got married. Don't you mean got married and had a baby? asked Lila. Whatever, Becca replied impatiently. So why don't we remember Honey Perkins? Lila asked. Do you have your class pictures? Trish demanded, standing up and walking over to the other two. From fourth grade? Becca shook her head. I don't think so. Oh, wait. She made her way to the desk against the wall, leaned down, and pulled out the bottom drawer. I might have it in this box. She pulled out a battered cardboard box and began rummaging through it. A short while later, she lifted out their fourth grade class picture. The girls huddled close to study it. There she is, Trish said, putting her finger on a face in the upper right-hand corner. It's got to be her, the same hair. And as Trish pulled her finger away, all three girls suddenly remembered Honey. Yeah, right, that's her, Becca recalled. She was weird. She was real weird, Trish agreed. She was quiet, almost never spoke. When Miss Martin called on her, she used to choke, remember? She turned real white and just sputter. No one liked her, Lila commented, staring hard at the photo. Hey, Becca. Nice bang, she cried, pointing to Becca in the front row. You were always so stylish, Trish teased. Becca gave her a hard poke in the ribs and returned to staring at Honey's unsmiling face. Honey used to burst into loud sobs for no reason at all, she remembered. Yeah, she was scary, Trish added. She had no friends at all, Lila said. So why does she think that she and I were such good pals, Becca asked. She must have an awesome fantasy life, Trish mused. Guess you're real lucky to have a new admirer, Lila teased Becca. Yeah, a new best friend, Trish said, grinning. 
Becca frowned. I'm not so sure. She put the photo back in the box and replaced the box in a desk drawer. They talked about Honey for a little while longer, remembering what a strange, lonely girl she had been. She had moved away before the end of fourth grade, Lila recalled. I remember now. She sat next to me. And then one day, her desk was empty. I've got to go, Trish said abruptly. Talk to you later, Becca. It's been real. She started toward the door, Lila following. Wait up. I'll walk with you. Call you later, she told Becca. Becca didn't seem to hear their farewells. Hey, my pin, she said. Lila and Trish turned back to see Becca gaping at the dresser top. Huh? My parrot pin, Becca exclaimed. It's gone. 